You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. To one in 20, 24 hours ago, I want to be sedated. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. I want to be sedated. Just... Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Devin Sawa. Not impressed. Well, I don't care. You're DJ Devin Sawa, and you deal with it because you made Super me deal. With, you made me deal with this movie. Go ahead. Continue. No, you do the spiel. Oh yeah, you're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. I got really upset there for a second. It's the show <laughs> where we take a look at some of your favorite movies from your childhood, those films you're nostalgic about, and we just ask the question: Are these movies actually good, or are you wearing nostalgia glasses, and that's why you like them? This week we watched 1999's horror stoner comedy, Idle Hands. Mm. So repeat that genre one more time. Horror, stoner, comedy. Maybe. Okay. What are you talking about, maybe? Uh, that completely qualifies. Dude, uh, I don't know. This fucking movie. I've got so many. It's the touching story of a boy in his right hand. I really, yeah, it, it's a masturbation movie. We get it. I, I really, I've got so many fucking things to say about this movie. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to tip my hand here, but none of them are good. So why don't you just go ahead and, and talk about it? Well, before we get into any of the old nitty gritty, let's introduce one of our, uh, I guess, returning guests. This is your third episode now. It's Jamie Guyon. Hello, everybody. Uh, am, I don't I, know. am I the most recurring guest? I think you may be. Is it your third episode? I thought it was only your second. No, yeah, my dude. second one sucks. No, this is your third because you did I Know What You Did Last Summer, right. which still is weirdly our most listened to episode, Zach. I don't know if you knew that. but That's like episode 10. 10. It is episode it is. 10, and that just means, you know, we're not progressing. No, we're not getting better. <laughs> but the next episode you guessed it on was Three Ninjas. Oh, oh that's I right. I b- that's right, you did request. Honestly, that was requested by several people. I sure. do have to uh, People love Three Ninjas. And I kind of blocked that movie out uh, in my mind, so that's why I don't remember. I apologize, <laughs> and Jamie. I hated myself for requesting that movie. Why? It was awful. That brought us the surfer dudes. Those were pretty cool guys. I suppose. Yeah, obviously those <laughs> were cool guys. Anyway, let's not uh, get into Three Ninjas. We're, we're talking Idle Hands. This is a movie that you, Zach, have really no appreciation for, correct? We just watched this a couple years ago, you and I. You hadn't seen it. I had never seen it until a couple of years ago. And uh, let's just say... Uh, I was inebriated the first time I saw Idle Hands, and I was stone cold sober when I watched it this time. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Zach, where were you when you watched it this time? Oh, obviously, I was at the gym. I was on an Jesus elliptical machine. Christ. And I just, like, I remember, like, just double checking over my shoulder, making sure nobody was like, is that guy watching Idle Hands? <laughs> What, what's worse is that you're going to have people looking at you like, why is that guy so fucking pissed at his treadmill? Hey, you know what? I legitimately was mad. I almost called up Brandon and just said, you know what? You and Jamie do it. I almost didn't finish the movie. That's not a joke. Whoa. This was the closest I've come to just not finishing a film on this podcast. And just, and just being on it and being like, you know what? I didn't watch. I didn't bother. Are we dropping tradition here? I know it's been a long time since you've done it, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, he's getting into it. Zach, you got any fucking white claw there? Uh, no, I got a water. Oh, shit, dude. Way to bring us down. Full disclosure, that was that was a Perrier. Oh, come on, Jamie. I've grown up, and uh, for the better. Wait, in the last week? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, shit. Now I feel bad. I'm still going to do it, though. Oh, fresh. Pumpkinhead. Grow up. Idle hands. This was actually a pretty fun movie for me in my I wouldn't even say childhood I saw this when I was a teenager and it kind of hit me right at the right time you know what I mean I think it was 16 years old when I saw this and you know 
Big fan of Final Destination, which we have covered. Big fan of Devin Sawa at the time and Seth Green. And then you throw in a very attractive Jessica Alba. I, I gotta say, this movie was right in my wheelhouse. Horror, comedy. Jamie, what is that? You actually wanted to be on this episode because this is a movie that's near and dear to your heart. So, um, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I, I, I love this movie as a kid. I was also a teenager when it came out and uh, I watched it frequently. Like, I'd rent it. Like, you know, back in, the, in our day, we had to rent VHS tapes. In 4 Camp, we had a video market. Okay. And we'd have to rent it. And I kept renting. I don't know if it was Ugh. the color of the, the case, the green and yellow. Yeah. But I I love this movie. And then it was great then. Actually, there's a weird thing I have to say about this movie, though. I used it a lot when I first got the internet, my computer, my house. I used it for, like, this old, uh, the Oracle had a Kevin Bacon game website. Really basic, like, old internet. Okay, like and the I Six Degrees of... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Exactly. I would use this movie a lot. Like, how does Dexter Holland, the lead singer of Offspring, connect to this person being that's Holy only credit? shit. Yeah, it was so stupid. You were on the Oracle, and you always tried to find connections to idle hands. Jamie, I'm I'm sorry to say that you've uh, you've officially ended Nostalgia Be Damned. That's, this is the last episode. <laughs> Not again? <laughs> Jamie, you're on a watch list somewhere for typing that in. I mean... Good. I again, yeah, a movie that I I remember being pretty dumb, but oh, yeah. uh, I've never watched it any, under any sort of critical lens, and this may be the first time since being sixteen that I watched it. Uh, I wasn't sober actually. I wanted to say I was sober. I wasn't sober. I had had some fun. I was very sober. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jamie was sober as a goose, so he'll have that perspective. I'll have the watching it while you know just having a good old time. Zach. Let's get into this. <laughs> Idle Hands is directed by Rodman Flender, who also directed The Unborn, not the movie you're thinking. It was a really tiny movie back in the early 90s. In the Heat of Passion, Leprechaun 2. Yep. Oh, oh boy. And a ton of Great TV movie. episodes. Better movie. <laughs> including shows like Party of Five, Dawson's Creek, Scream the TV series, and most recently, On Becoming a God in Central Florida. This is actually, I believe, his last feature film. And I can't think of a reason why. Yeah, weird. Uh, as far as the cast goes, yep, you guessed it. Devin Sawa is back, and he's bigger and better than ever. And so much greasy skin, dude. His skin looks mm. abhorrent. And this, we watched this. We started watching this in full screen standard definition on my old DVD there. And then we realized, oh wait, it was on Voodoo, so we checked it out there with ads. We had to watch this with ads, by the way, like goddamn cavemen. The quality was worth it. Wait, I'm glad you brought this up because this is actually something that I took a mental note with, and I. I'm not even kidding. I felt relief when the ads came up. I, I legitimately, like, you could see my shoulders relax a little bit. I was less tense because it was it was Will Arnett doing the Reese's Cup commercials, and I was like, oh this God. is better. This is better than this fucking it movie. It was the same commercial. We saw a commercial, like, 18 times. <laughs> yeah, and it was great. I loved it. Every every time, he's like, uh, sorry, not sorry, Reese's Cups. I was like, this is Better than watching Devin Sawa <sighs> masturbate. Well, I guess critics share your sentiment because it does have a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 6.2 on IMDb. And for the uninitiated, the film's plot synopsis reads, A teenage slacker's right hand becomes possessed with murderous intent when it isn't ripping up the bong. Oh my <laughs> you know? god, he's actually nudging me right now. Hey. Come on. Idle Hands was actually released... April 30th, 1999, the same day as Entrapment. Anyone remember that movie? I remember the trailer with Catherine Zeta-Jones oh, yeah. under a laser. Duck, ducking under lasers. I felt entrapped <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> 
Well, it was a box office bomb, uh, earning just over $4 million on a $25 million budget. What? Which I'm convinced must have been spent on licensing songs for this dope soundtrack. <laughs> well, they got the Ramones. They just put the Ramones in it. That had to have been like at least 20 of the $24 million. That blew my mind. $25 million. 25 yeah. excuse me. Uh, I, and I don't think these actors at the time are commanding those paychecks, you know what I mean? Oh, I Sawa mean, I'm sure is. Devin oh, Sawa, Sawa is, dude. Sawa's, which, you know, it's arguable whether or not he should, but he, he, that's Casper the Friendly Fucking Ghost. Yeah, but that's, well, it is. Okay, you got me there. But it's also pre-Final Destination, you know what I mean? He hadn't even boarded that flight. It doesn't matter, dude. He's fucking Casper the Ghost. Oh, I don't know. Lord. I beg to differ because the music, they use the same three songs four times <laughs> each. Like what is- At one point, they're driving in a truck, and the truck is playing the same looped lyric. At like <laughs> Shout at the devil, bro. Yeah, shout at the devil. So it finished 82nd for the year of 1999. In terms of movies released that year that we've actually covered on the podcast, it finished much lower than The Mummy, The Blair Witch Project, Wild Wild West, and Deep Blue Sea. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the horror comedy genre, this is what actually kind of shocked me. $4 million? for that genre is not actually that bad. The genre st- historically has one of the lowest bo- like grosses in box office history. For every successful entry like a scary movie or a Ghostbusters or a Zombieland or a Boo, Medea Halloween, those Number are super two. successful, both of them. Uh, even Arachnophobia, there's a ton of commercial and critical failures. Jennifer's Body, Slither, Just This Year with The Dead Don't Die. Club Dread, which I'm a huge fan of, Broken yeah. Lizard guys. But at just $4 million, this movie somehow managed to gross more than The Monster Squad, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, Reanimator, and the original Evil Dead. Ugh. There was a big difference back then, though. Like like we were talking about, the rentals were a big part of the, of the revenue back then. So if you didn't make a lot of money in the box office initially, you could easily make that up in rentals. That's not the case anymore. No, this is a movie that probably, this is probably a Netflix movie, you know what I mean? Sitting right comfortably next to Netflix's original The Babysitter. Did you ever see that one, Zach? Uh, no, obviously I didn't see The Babysitter, Brandon, <laughs> but uh, that is a good I point. told you this you is... should see it because it's directed by Mick G, your favorite director. <laughs> oh, yeah. If only Troy Duffy was directing it, then I'd hop <laughs> right the fuck on it. But that is a good point, though. Uh, uh, this movie does feel like... It was thrown at Netflix, and Netflix was like, yeah, fuck it, we got the money, who cares? But obviously a time before Netflix, so what was the studio thinking? Well, this is right in the you know the heyday of the late 90s. This is when teens were hot again after the boom of the, the Hughes, you know, the John Hughes era in the 80s. It's then it true. Came to this. Young kids were getting sexier, and that's a fact. <laughs> They were getting sexier. This is the post-scream, you know, horror. Everyone's kind of talking about horror movies, meta. But I also guarantee that somebody saw Can't Hardly Wait, that time of frame, and, like, just found a script that was, like, a horror comedy and took it and made it because they wanted money. Yeah, and they got Seth Green. I was going to say, and then they got Seth Green because they're like, he was in Can't Hardly Wait. Well, similar to those movies, uh, this one was super successful on DVD later on. Became kind of a cult hit in the later years, which is why I became, that's where I found it on DVD. And uh, I guess I got to get the Blu-ray because that standard F full screen bullshit's for the birds. That's your complaint? That's your fucking complaint? (laughs) Yeah, I need in a higher definition, Zach. I can't believe this doesn't look better on my TV. Why is it on your TV? (laughs) I'm watching it on DVD, Zach. Get the fuck out of here. 
digital you video steal disc. A car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> I was pissed off. I was on my cell phone. I thought it was like this looks too good on my cell phone. I wish I was just watching it in a garbage bin. <laughs> Come on, at the gym. I remember you texting me like something for the code or something for Voodoo, and you're like I gotta download this so that I can watch it on the treadmill at the gym. And then the next text was no one's ever said that in the history of the world. <laughs> it was it was true though because I felt like I had to watch this at the gym or else I would have been on my phone the entire time. I would not have paid attention at all to this movie. And I that was confirmed five seconds in. I was like, this movie's fucking awful. <laughs> Wait, you mean the uh, intense uh, crystal method version of the horror fit theme they had? Ooh, I so yeah, I mean, we can just dive right in here. Let's get into this opening title sequence. Let's dive into the let's dive into the seven uh, jump scares in the first seven minutes. <laughs> hey, come on, they're not trying to be that super scary, except for this title sequence that's very reminiscent of seven, but with like a hip edge. Mm-hmm. Hip edge. It looks like a music video, you know what I mean? Sure. It's very Rob Zombie that's... music video, which we thankfully get a little bit later. Well, that's why I mentioned the DVD, like you wouldn't steal a car. It's very much like that dude, like the really heavy. <laughs> crystal method stuff. But it did kind of sound cool. I gotta admit, I, I kind of like this this opening, this this theme anyway. Because then we get a little pumpkin action. It feels very Halloween-y. Very, very, very misleading. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? As in setting you up for a darker tone? Yeah, it, it really is. Like, you wouldn't expect just from the first like the title sequence or the first couple of shots that you're in for, I would almost call a C movie. Well, it's filmed in the exact same Pasadena neighborhood as Halloween. The original 1978. Kind of looks like it's got that vibe, too. And the quality, right? <laughs> yeah, it's as good as John Carpenter's <laughs> Halloween. Fred Willard and Connie Ray, they are introduced as Mr. and Mrs. Tobias. They are our lead character's parents. He's not visible during this opening scene, but we do get a little bit of I, Willard action. I'm always a fan when Fred Willard pops up on screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, gone too soon from this film. For sure, because he hears a noise downstairs, goes down to investigate it. Again, they've decked the entire house out to Halloween. There's even fucking pumpkin scarecrows in their living room downstairs facing the wall. What are they doing there? <laughs> yeah, who's this for? I think they're kind of facing the door a bit, but they, I like, guess moved them before they shot the movie. <laughs> that would scare yeah. the shit out of me if I walked oh. into someone's house and two fucking pumpkin humans are standing there. Pussy. And then I do like the way... She's dispatched. It's pretty cool because they got that whole little I'm under the bed written on the inflorescent uh, paint, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But that's actually before Fred Willard dies. That's right. what causes him to go downstairs. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it. Zach, weigh in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it uh, before we even started. Seven jump scares in seven minutes. It, it, like, doesn't even try. At one point, she's just walking downstairs, and there's no tension being built. There's just a hard cut and music jump, and that's it. <laughs> there are a lot, of, a lot of loud bangs, but I do like the way she's killed. She's dragged under the bed, and then there's this loud, like, thump. The bed, like, rattles, and then a big, giant blood splat shoots out the side. Pretty cool. Sets us up for what could be a pretty straightforward horror movie. Cut to our lead character, our hero, Anton Tobias, a.k.a. Devin Sawa. What, which, which name, by the way, is worse <laughs> Devin Sawa or Anton Tobias Anton Tobias obviously uh I'm gonna go ahead and disagree and say Devin Sawa <laughs> I mean first of all you, you're you're starting off bad with a Devin his name's Devin <laughs> we apologize to all Devins out there I love your name uh Brandon Brandon apologizes to all Devins I think you guys need to just you know think about a name change uh and then followed up with Sawa 
What is that? It sounds like you're starting a word and then you just don't finish it. Sour. No, it's someone sour. sucking on a warhead and they're like, this is really sour. Oof. It's like a Boston accent. Yeah, that's the end of Nostalgia Be Damned. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, the uh, he's introduced as a goddamn asshole. He comes no. downstairs, opens the fridge. Mom, we're out of milk. Mom, we're out of dog food. I, I, I wrote down, Mom, we're out of manners. <laughs> Will Ferrell's character in Wedding Crashers was nicer to his mom. Yes, yes. He said fuck. <laughs> Boom. Fucking roasted him, Jamie. Keep going, God, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so nice. He's the worst, and he's your your typical stoner, but to the point where he just makes anyone who does smoke weed watching this movie feel bad about smoking weed. One of the notes I wrote is that, why are the filmmakers out of America out to make the public fear marijuana? <laughs> Because freaking Devin Sow was acting like a coke fiend. I just need another hit. I need another fix. You guys, I'm so desperate right now. He's asking cops for weed. Are you crazy? That's true. He does ask cops for weed. He asks one of the McPoyle brothers for weed. Yep. <laughs> and he can't even uh, smoke out of a bowl. He uses his asthma inhaler. He's got yep. that thing strapped around his neck all the time. But... Unfortunately, on the moment we meet him this morning, he's out of weed. He's got to get some nugs. So he's got to cross over the street to meet up with his two buds, Mick and Penub. <laughs> That's right. P-N-U-B, Penub. <sighs> Not a common name. <laughs> the, I, the IMDb trivia says that it was it was thought up because of the Eddie Murphy SNL sketch where he plays Buckwheat and he's like, Wookin' Penub in all the wrong places, singing that song. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, what high schooler wrote the fucking script for this movie? <laughs> well, this is what's shocking, and I don't mean to bring us down so so very hard or rapidly, but this was released just a short 10 days, 10 days after the Columbine massacre. Oh. And I think that probably, one, hurt its box office to some extent. I'm, I'm sure this wouldn't have lit it on fire either way, but the, the lead character is killing his parents and his best friends, and the end takes place at a high school with uh, kind of a massacre. Lots of, of kids, yeah, yeah. Lots of kids yeah. die in this movie. Honestly, I can't understand why Sony maybe would have maybe wanted to push it, because a lot of movies did that. I can't believe it didn't get shelved for a while. That's bizarre. That makes it worse. <laughs> Just a complete disregard for national tragedy. They were like, you know what you know what this country needs right now? Idle hands. This was probably what was gonna bring us all together. Sometimes you need a laugh. Or two. Yeah, or three. I laughed heartily. Honestly, this movie did have a few belly laughs that I hope I can remember while we're going through this plot, but none of them here in the first opening minutes. Uh, I remember a few of them, and I don't think you are gonna like what they were about. <laughs> We'll get to them. Well, anyway, Mick and Penub, so this is Eldon Henson and Seth Green. They, like Anton, are big stoners. I think Eldon is the guy who, he's the dealer or the guy who supplies the weed to these best friends, these moochers. I don't know. I didn't get that. I didn't get that vibe. Oh, well, because he's asking him for weed and he's like, I'm dry. But then wait, he wait, 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 wait. I'm going to interrupt you and just let you guys know no one gives a shit about <laughs> what, the, what the role of these two people are. Uh... Who fucking cares? They're listening to Sublime. That's their that's their character yep. trait. They're smoking up to Santa Rhea, dude. And the poster in the back was Sublime, in case you didn't get that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's set dressing. That's good. It's establishing mm. character. And these two characters, I like their banter. It's kind of all right. They're not terrible. <laughs> but they are pissed off at him for not knowing that there's a serial killer on the loose who apparently has made the news for murdering a few different people, including the Feldstein twins, who are some high schoolers that they know. But the most important thing that happens in this scene is it introduces us to 
Molly, a.k.a. Jessica Alba, who's on a bike driving on by. On her way by, though, she drops her lyric notebook, I guess, and he decides this is his chance to prove to her he's not a weirdo, but he falls right into that 90s cliche that we were talking about in a few movies past. Why can't guys just act like a nor I get being nervous in front of a girl, but he cannot talk or do anything. He just shoves the book in her face and walks away like a creep, but she is totally into it. I will. I, I don't understand Molly's motivations or what she sees in this absolute dirtbag. <laughs> I also, not to jump too far ahead, but the fact that she drops a lyric book and the lyric book has like all these weird sort of dark and angry, mu- what Devin Sawa claims to be musical genius, you'd think this this character that she's playing would have a lot more personality or even some sort of arc. And she's, she just turns out to be a, th- uh, a thirsty high schooler. Like that's it. And a terrible representation of a female oh, character we'll in the movie. Like yeah. one of the worst. <laughs> just awful. I got to talk about this lyric book though. So he, he, she drops it. He, he's like, Oh, her book. I'm gonna go give it to her. He pages through it really quick. At breakneck speed, and then it says, "Oh, these are great." And then later, he's like, "Oh, I love that that lyric." And he cites the lyric verbatim, and she's like, "Oh, you read my stuff?" And she was mad. How did he memorize the lyrics? You, we see it on screen for like a second. Well, I think it's worse than that. I think he says something like, "I remember that lyric from like seventh grade," or it was years ago that he's memorized that lyric. They do mention that he's been reading the lyric book over her shoulder in school for years. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. And, I think I totally But she's that. weirdly super into it. I don't get it. Doesn't matter, though, because let's cut to Sister Liquor, how she's introduced him. <laughs> then she's like, Sister Liquor. It's Vivica A. Fox. Oh, my God. Who's portraying this nun at first. Out of left field nowhere, what, she's at a penitentiary, right? Visiting someone who's yeah. completely zonked out. His hand was possessed, formally, right? And she's super pissed off because she sees all oh, the evil has already left him. I'm on my way. All we know about her right now is that her name's Debbie Liqueur. And she's hunting some sort of vague evil. Basically, all you need to know about this character is that Vivica A. Fox is debasing herself in this film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on, man. She goes on to be a very successful actress. How she finds Devin Sawa is one of the fucking stupidest (laughs) things I've ever seen. So there's a thing called pareidolia, right? And it's the human condition that sees patterns in shapes and, and sees faces and things. And she makes a fucking pan- pentagram <laughs> out of, like, these random spots that don't make any sense. Like, there's, like, four in the top right. On a map, right? Yeah, on a map of the southern west. west. She tries connecting all the dots of where the killer has struck. And she leaves, like, four of them out to draw a pentagram. And she just happen- happens across Devon Sowest Town, like, that's where it is. <laughs> like, what? It's pretty great. She's super convinced that she hauls ass to get there. Then we're introduced to the town cops, the two local cops who are former classmates of Anton's. He used to pick on them, I guess. One of them, as mentioned before, one of the McPoyle brothers. Yep. And is this where he tries to buy weed off him, right? Yeah. And they cite him for littering. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So he, instead of paying the fine like a normal person uh, or, you know, not asking cops uh, to buy weed off them, he rolls it up into a joint and smokes nutmeg and oregano. (laughs) What a what a crazy stoner dude. That guy's got to get high now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I I did know a kid in high school who tried smoking oregano though. That's... Somebody told him it would get him high and they fucking he fell for it. it Jesus. Awesome. Well, sorry if you uh, hear this. <laughs> well, honestly, he's he's coughing, nearly dying, throws some soap in his mouth which 
according to IMDb trivia, that's real. That's method acting, Devin Sawa. You wouldn't get that with, you know, a fucking James Vanderbeek. Brandon, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck <laughs> up. All right. Well, this part is repellent. Absolutely disgusting. He's watching music videos, which, by the way, are on this TV all the time, making a bologna sandwich, the most disgusting bologna sandwich I've ever seen, splattering with mayonnaise. Then he puts the bologna on, and he's wiping the mayonnaise with this bloody, gory knife that he is so... He's not even stoned on anything. This is him stone-cold sober. He's too busy watching the screen that he's eating blood. <laughs> it's it's honestly, it's maybe the most disgusting thing. The, this movie, if it does one thing right, there's some visuals and concepts in it that are, if you're looking for to gross out your audience, they do it pretty well. well. He's pretty freaked out at this point. Runs around the house. There's some good little physical comedy with the dog there. At that point, Mick and Penub show up, right? Maybe. I don't remember. Yes. Yes. Because just as they arrive, he has found or stumbled onto the bodies of his parents. Because, again, he's walking around this house completely fucking oblivious to the blood on the floor. and all. He hasn't picked up or anything. He's still in the same clothes. By the way, he doesn't change clothes this entire movie. Until he's in the hospital at the end, he does not change his clothes. He's filthy. He uh, says earlier in the movie that he hasn't seen his parents in days. <laughs> Right? You don't like, I know we don't have, dude, I don't even know if they have cell phones at this point, but you don't make one phone call or inquiry. <laughs> it's too busy getting ripped, dude. Yeah, too busy fucking smoking weed, dude. And when Mick and Penub come over, they're too transfixed by the, you know, pop that Gucci baby video. But they didn't show that anymore. <laughs> they just start dancing, not noticing the dead bodies on the floor. But once they do discover the rotting flesh of Fred Willard, do they believe it's him at this point or do they still think there's just a killer around? Well, there's like a weird like little stoner comedy routine where they're like not sure. They see this piece of the shirt <laughs> in their hand and he, like he they're looking down at it and Devin Sawa sees it first like, oh, fuck, they're going to find out. Like, is it me? And he's, like, worried. And then Seth Green takes it, like, quizzically, places it against the hole. And everybody's like, oh! Like, you didn't get it? Yeah, and if that wasn't obvious enough, there's also ant written in blood on the floor. Right. The killer wore your shirt is a line that's said. And then he says, the killer wore me. There we are, dude. We're in it. Idle hands. Do you have an evil ant? Yep, that was the line, too. And then Seth Green gives another classic 90s joke where he's like, oh, I'm going to go call 911. What's the number again? Ugh. He also, on the phone with the 911 operator, says, I think he smoked some nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgot, I didn't know he was on the phone. Nice, yet. nice. Great. Well, he grabs the bottle because he tries to get him to get off the phone, breaks it, and his hand, you know, kind of does, it has a mind of its own. It stabs the bottle into Seth Green's head. He's dead. Eldon Henson freaks out, runs downstairs, and Anton chases after him. It's at this point that he realizes, I have no control over my right hand. Which, by the way, if you're a right-handed person, worst hand to lose control over, you know what I mean? Not me. Oh, come on, Jamie. I'm left-handed. Shut the fuck up, Jamie. Shut the fuck up. Left-handed race. <laughs> I hate you, Zach. Wish you were here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and so Eldon Henson runs back upstairs. On his way up, he's decapitated when Devin Sawa throws a fucking, like, saw blade throwing star. Yep. Pretty sweet effect here. Is this Penub? Yeah, Penub just got... Nub. Ooh, <laughs> Jamie. Nub. Nice. Can we think of a different name to call him? Eldon. <laughs> Is that better? Just, yeah, I feel better about Foggy, that. Foggy gonna... Nelson, right? Yeah, from uh, Foggy he's on Daredevil. Daredevil. Foggy Nelson, yep, that's perfect. Because I'm just not feeling Penelope. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so I, I noted this. After Devin Sawa kills his friends, he smacks into a support beam. Was that planned? In the IMDb trivia, it wasn't. And every time he had to do that take, they wanted him to do it again. Because the first time, I guess it wasn't planned. I'm guessing they shot that first in the movie because the rest of the movie, he's like mentally fried. Yeah, because he acts like a complete fucking idiot for the rest of the film. That <laughs> right. makes a lot of sense. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think he's doing better than Charlie Chaplin would have done with this spirited hand performance. Jesus, that's an insult. What are you talking about? No. The hand performance. Yeah, let's get into it. Really, his hand is possessed. So yeah. he's doing this whole, like, Adam's Family, which it should make sense because the hand is actually the same hand Christopher used Landon. Yeah, in the 90s Adam's Family movies. Oh, I'm assuming this whole movie was written off of a stoner watching the Adam's Family and being like, what if that fucking hand was, like, evil and shit? <laughs> That very well could be the case, but I do think that he's not sleepwalking through this performance, and he is really trying to give a lot of manic energy to this kid, almost to a fault. <laughs> yeah, no, he's giving it his all. Uh, I just, like, couldn't care less. <laughs> well, after he's killed his friend, his hand, because he grabs the cat, right? The cat comes over to him. He grabs the cat by the tail, whips it around his head, and throws it, I mean, across the street into the other house, which is occupied by... Jessica Alba, this is how this is his meat cute. The plot device to throw a crack cat across the street in California is worrisome <laughs> at best. <laughs> oh, that's great. Gotta go chase the pussy to get the pussy, am Ooh. I right? Wham, 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 wham. That's the end of this. We gotta go out on a high note. Yeah, I mean, that's the end of the episode. Guys, uh, I give it a zero. <laughs> go ahead. If no. this is your high note, I suggest ending it anyway. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Anton's jacket when he's talking to Jessica Alba, it's like he could he could house a homeless family of seven in this fucking thing. <laughs> that was the '90s, man. That's what they were all yeah. wearing. It's so baggy, so much room. Everything, everything in this is baggy except for what the girls are wearing. The girls are wearing everything. It's tight. The guys, everything's baggy, man. And this is where we get a. a- peek into jessica alba's psyche where she just lets him do all this terrible stuff he's his again it's it's we're under the guise that it's his hand doing all this terrible stuff but he's slapping her ass he's groping her and she's just like looking on smiling like wow i didn't think you had the balls to grab me like that what what a man (laughs) what what i i this is one of the moments we laughed out loud because we didn't we couldn't believe that somebody wrote a female character this poorly. Yeah, this is pretty bad, even for 90s <laughs> stoner comedies. This is pretty bad. Like, he comes up to the door, he's freaking out. His hand's, like, twitching. He's covered he's in blood. He's covered in blood. He's disheveled, as normal. And and she's like, oh, my God, you're so adorable. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, what a male fantasy this movie really is, you know? Yeah, at one point he ties up his hand and she just goes, you're so kinky. Not like, hey, you're covered in blood and acting fucking weird. Get out of my bed. He's grabbing her by the throat at one point while they're making out and she's just like shrugging it off. as His hand keeps grabbing her throat very hard. Wow, what an individual. He heads back over when her parents get home and... I've no, I didn't understand this when I watched it the first time, but I just kind of went with it because it's pretty dumb. But he buries his family in the backyard, pet cemetery style, and I'm wondering if that's what's giving these creatures life. But it turns out, Mick and Penub, not dead. They're the undead. They rise like zombies. You know, Eldon Henson, Penub, as Zach loves to say, he <laughs> is decapitated, so he's always holding his head. 
which we'll get into that effect in just a second. But the fact that they raise from the dead, the parents don't, we find out that it's simply because they were too lazy to walk to the gates of heaven. <laughs> I don't like this. No fucking reason for this whatsoever. I don't like this at all. Yeah, I, again, like, I remembered them coming back, and I thought there was more of a reason, like, it had to do with that fucking dagger that Vivica A. Fox is always running around with or some sort of supernatural thing, but it just seems like if anyone out there right now listening to this, if you don't want to die... If you don't want to shed your mortal coil completely, you can simply not walk all the way to the gates. <laughs> yeah, just choose not to. It, there's no fucking reason for this. Just if you want to have the stoner friends around, have the stoner friends around. <laughs> I know. I don't know why he has to kill them. It really seems like they, they could have even increased the body count by killing, offing some neighbors or this or that. And then the stoner brothers have to try to, you know, help him get out of the situation. But it's a weird relationship where they're still really cool with him, even though he murdered them. Yeah. This is a 90 minute movie and fucking a half hour of it is taken up by bad stoner zombie jokes. Fuck this. Whoa. Hey, come on now. He's his bro. You got to stick bros. You stick with bro. That's. Fine, but why do the bros have to be zombies? Because <laughs> this is a horror comedy, dude, and it's silly and it's zany. It's not. It's not either of the things. <sighs> it's kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe you're getting at, right? Was this around that oh, time? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's compare this movie to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> what is this hostility in your voice, man? I'm You've pissed. changed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I grew up. Again, picture him on a treadmill. People are, like, watching him. <laughs> Motherfucker, like Joe Pesci muttering under his under his voice. Like, Jamie, do you know the fucking movies I've had to watch on a treadmill for this fucking podcast? Uh, I, this was I, the last straw. <laughs> I've heard some episodes, uh, meaning all of them. Oh man. Because. Well, again, too lazy to walk to heaven. So they decide that they're gonna help him. Uh, cut his hand off, right? Because that's his next move. He realizes that his hand's possessed. He's got to get rid of it. It's a little evil, Daddy. I thought it was going to be a little bit more Evil Dead when he uses the bread cutter, but he literally pulls the plug out of the wall, and Devin Saab was like, well, there goes that plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we did make mention of that. Like, why didn't he just plug it in again? It's not destroyed. just plug it in. <laughs> it's broken forever, guys. Thanks. But luckily, Penub's head bites his hand, and he's able to use the cleaver to finally take it off. And we get this silly... Devin Sawa clearly putting his arm behind his back. <laughs> He's got this fake appendage arm that never moves. It's always in a, an L at all times. And, mm-hmm. you know, they get rid of that pretty quickly by wrapping it up in a bag. And Seth Green tries to cauterize the wound. This bit's kind of funny. It's just so fucking ridiculous. And I'm glad at this point we can stop watching Devin Sawa make his hand twitch and do all this stupid magician waving bullshit. It's not funny, but go ahead. We haven't talked about when the cops come over. The reason he really decides to take off his hand is because the cops come over, see him in his house uh, knitting, right? Because he got the idea to keep his hands busy. Oh, man, we forgot about my favorite character. Yeah, we <sighs> skipped the entire scene, and I feel like there's no need to go back in, in depth to it where Devin Sawa meets up with the... Uh, shout at the devil dude randy dude some guy, yeah randy some guy who just likes fucking dio or whatever and uh, <laughs> he's like you listen to all this satanic music right it's like well no not really just listens to shout at the <laughs> devil over and over, over, over and over again and he's asking this all these questions about satan even breaks into like a, a fast food restaurant to you know accost the guy there's even that thing there's of- a bowl of raw hamburger next to the cash register <laughs> 
uh, near the drive-thru window. That Devin Sawa has to put right. his hand in. Which doesn't make any sense. But either way, we do have to say what Randy tells him, which is kind of the whole, it gets our title drop, bro. He says, idle hands are the devil's playground, so you got to keep busy. That's how he stays out of trouble. But let's pause because he tries that, and even even Seth Green, who I'm pretty sure must have been breaking breaking script at this point, just goes, that's just a metaphor. That's not like a real thing. <laughs> And it sure isn't. So what? We wasted another 20 minutes at this fast food joint talking to Randy about idle hands for a scene that eventually means nothing? We based the whole movie on this. Randy's sweet. <laughs> yeah, let, but, we can all agree Randy's pretty sweet. I, Yeah, Randy's fucking awesome. Jamie? I must say, I liked Randy, <laughs> but I, there's a reason why Brandon really loves, loves him. Because I noted... He looks like a Brandon who sucked on a lemon too hard. Like, he looks just like Brandon. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. <laughs> no. He looks like Lee, Lee Evans from Mouse Hunt. That's who I kept getting him Oof. confused with. I don't know. He's a blonde Lee Evans. This is That's great it. for our non-visual audio platform, you guys. Keep it up. I, I know. I know. I thought about that. Everyone out there should Google Jack Noseworthy who plays Randy, and then you'll get what we're talking about. Also, Brandon. <laughs> But it does give us our title. <laughs> yeah, it does give us our title line, who could give a shit, because it means absolutely nothing. He ends up killing the cops, and uh, so he's racking up this body count, and at this point he decides to cut off the hand. He finally does cut off the hand. Uh, Seth Green and fucking Panub, or whatever that fucking guy's idiot name is, uh, they run off to go get a first aid kit and some burritos, dude. Cause they're fucking hungry, man. Cause they've been smoking way too much chronic. <laughs> Cause yeah, we should mention they still are smoking weed despite being dead. Even yeah. the headless guys somehow doing it. They end up throwing the hand in the microwave. It explodes into a bloody mess, but it is technically all right, I guess. But what I this is definitely one of the laugh out loud moments because when <laughs> Seth Green goes to open the microwave to put that tasty fucking microwavable burrito in it, brah. He discovers the hand, it jumps out, there's blood and viscera and gore all over it, and he goes to put it in the burrito in the microwave, and Padub's like, wait, you're not going to clean it first? And Seth Green goes, oh, what? Yeah, let me clean the whole fucking house. And he throws it in, dude. That's pretty funny. This is also the scene where Devin Sawa, despite learning very recently that uh, his parents are dead, he's killed maybe six people up to this point, and he just cut off his hand. He's still got to impress the girl next door, dude. So he walks it's her Jessica to a dance. Jessica Alba. Yeah, so he walks her to a dance uh, of which he has no intention of staying because he has to go home and check. Well, why'd you even walk her? Why don't you just tell her, like, hey, like... Uh, something came up. I cut off my hand. My parents are dead. I've killed six people. Uh, can we postpone this? I'm sorry. Like, you know. It, but you it's know. the dance. She, she'd be like, oh, you're so funny. Yeah, exactly. We've established that she doesn't really give a shit about literally anything this guy does or looks like. So just, yeah, fucking tell her off. Well, I think it's about time we catch up with our boy Randy, who is chilling in a bowling alley. He winds up meeting up with Vivica A. Fox's character, who I don't understand is why she's at this bowling alley. She is a Druish princess. A Druid. I'll say Druish because of baseballs, <laughs> but all right, nice. <laughs> yeah, it was a great reference, Jamie. Everybody's laughing hysterically. I didn't Thank get it, dude. Oh. I didn't get it. I feel like <gasps> a fool. At one point, she passes out, and then so Randy looks around like he's going to molest her and then gives her CPR. Oh, yeah. Well, she gets hit by the car because they're trying to drive away, right? Because they get into some somebody's this, this truck. How much... 
attention I was paying at this point of the <laughs> Come film. Come on, man. Well, you can't skip over Vivica Fox. She hooks up with Randy. Not hook up. They don't have sex. But they do wind up realizing that they're kind of hunting this, not hunting the same person, but he knows who Anton is. He's right. trying to impress her. And she declares that she is a part of a long line of druid priestesses who's sworn to protect this evil that intends to drag a soul to hell. Super vague. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But we get a little back in the New York groove, and that gets us into this little truck sex scene. You remember, Jamie? This was very indelible in our childhoods or uh, teenhood. Or, a, or You don't say. <laughs> Had to fast forward through this at the gym. It wasn't a good look. <laughs> oh, man. You missed one of the best deaths that is awful in all of all time. <laughs> it makes no sense. I, but I remember, I remembered it from the first time I saw it. I was like, yeah, I don't need people seeing this. Well, yeah, because it's not only two live hands groping this woman's breast. It's also the severed hand that comes in and gets some feels, then kills her and her bow. But the way the guy dies is strange, and I don't understand. Well, okay, so the girl is Kelly Monaco. We have she, to, we, yeah, yeah, we have to, hold on, hold on, hold on. And so... <laughs> Jamie did some googling, I guess. Okay, well, I have to stop this. I have to stop this podcast in its tracks right now because Jamie, that's a little bit too much information <laughs> to know. Uh, and Brandon, what did you call her boyfriend? Her beau, B E A U. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> is that the end of the podcast? Or oh, not only is it the end of the podcast, but I'm. <laughs> it's the end of our friendship. It's the end of our friendship. <laughs> Delete my phone number out of your phone. <laughs> So the girl dies. Okay, like the oh, the, it's the okay hand, to kill women. No, James? no, Is that what you're saying Ugh. you heard it here first. So the hand like cracks her neck, but then the guy he the hand goes to smash his head against the window, but his face is already bloody, and then they smashes against it once with again the blood already already there, and then pulls back and then bam a scatter shot like a shotgun blast of blood against the wall. Like what the fuck happened? I don't know, because then it opens the door, he falls out, and his face, still perfectly intact, just some blood on it. <laughs> yep. Maybe it blew his brain from the inside or I something. Guess. I don't know, dude. That's that vague evil. This is where they steal the truck, Vivica Fox gets hit, and yeah, he very creepily gives her mouth-to-mouth to resuscitate her. We're now at the school dance. This is actually the same high school they used to shoot the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie and Jawbreakers, which was uh-huh. released the same year, I think, 99. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And it's kicked off by some badass Ramones cover, uh, the, the Offspring. This is a good song. Yeah. I want to be sedated. Yeah, dude. Dexter Holland. What a fucking hero. It's a good song, a good band. I like The Offspring a lot. Molly sucks at dancing. <laughs> well, no, it's not that she sucks at dancing. She sucks at dancing to this music because she's dancing well, in like club you... weird gyrations. Everyone else is like, it's like punk rock. You're yeah, dancing, but you jumping. No, they didn't have the song playing. Not at all. Can we also talk about how she's like really vibing on this song and doing these weird dances and her friend goes, what's wrong? It's like, well, it doesn't really look like anything's wrong. If anything, it looks like she's having a little bit too good of a time. It's also poorly written that she's like, what's the matter? Talking about Anton, like, are you are you obsessing over Anton? Like, she says something like that. Like, wait, so not only has this creeper across the street loved her forever, but she's been into him for a while? <laughs> or it's happened all in one night? Right, yeah. I'm not sure if she's mm. had these feelings for Anton for a long time. You know, she plays it. Jessica Alba detailed, fine, nuanced performance, trying to shell or shield 
the world from her true feelings for Anton. Who knows how many years? It's supposed to. You're supposed to read into it. This is the Inception top spinning at the end, right, Zach? Way in. I'm um, sorry. I was checking on the Thursday night football score. <laughs> Oofy magoof. All right. Patriots well, one thirty-five fourteen. By the way. Wham, wham, wham. Vivica A. Fox and Randy. They both land at the. <laughs> the dance as well and they run into anton and this is some crazy shit this i remember was also a laugh out loud yep. moment but for another reason she's like we have until midnight to stab she goes to kill anton immediately because she's got this special dagger that's gonna you know vanquish the evil tries to kill him he says no i cut my hand off she's like you fucking idiot now we gotta find this hand and i gotta stab it before midnight and he's like oh great we got a few hours and she's like no actually midnight druid time she looks at her watch that's six minutes from now let's <laughs> fucking watch what the fuck movie why would you even put that in oh <laughs> Don't worry, we got seven hours. No, you don't. Oh, okay, moving on. Why couldn't you have just been like, yeah, you got till midnight, and they look up, and it's like, well, that's six minutes from <laughs> yeah. now. Why do, we, why do we have to, like, go back and be like, no, no, Eastern time. <laughs> but instead, it's Druid time. She flips over, open this fucking Power Rangers communicator. It has, like, a Druid, apparently, like, a, I don't know, what the hell was a hieroglyphic, like, cover? And <laughs> the bottom is a normal watch? Yeah, it was a pretty cool little artifact there. Fuck this movie, man. <laughs> hey, come on. Then we get the uh, chase around the school. Oh, what's going on with the principal, by the way? The oh, hand creeps on him. He's calling he's a sex hotline. In his office, calling a sex hotline as the hand's, like, running up his leg, and he's doing the, oh, that feels good. Oh, oh, oh. And then I assume he gets his dick ripped off. Maybe. There's, I remember, like, when I saw him thinking this, has been one of the first adults I've seen in fucking ages. It's really Anton's parents and that's it. Dexter Holland gets scalped. That's pretty cool. That starts this whole run around the high school where people are getting smashed with lights and shit and Jessica Alba and her friend make it into the vent system somehow and her friend's whining the whole time and we get her death scene which is, I mean, fun to watch because she dies but also terrible. Cool death. Yeah, it's a cool death. They have to hop through this, you know, vent and then through a a fan, right? And she gets hung essentially and then her head's ripped off or something by the fan. It's off camera. Yeah, it's great. I wish this movie would really leaned in to the gore and the violence like Evil Dead 2. I think that would have maybe made it more fun and a little more edgy. When you only have $25 million and 23 <laughs> of it's going to Sawa. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, true. And then true. and then the other and then the other two of it's going to Ramon covers. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> Somehow, there's this little fight in the art room which the hand gets into a puppet. So this puppet is like <laughs> Oh my god. So stupid. This, oh. uh, this is clearly the filmmakers being, okay, this hand is getting a little expensive. How can we change this up? Yeah. Well, I think that's actually where some of the money could have gone, because from what I understand, there was this whole big pool climax. It took place in the high school pool or something like that. But I guess it tested poorly, so they went back and reshot this whole more comedic ending involving the art room and then the machine shop, right? The garage of the school, because that's where they head next, where Jessica Alba's strapped to the hood of a car and it's getting lifted up and she's going to get smushed into the ceiling. God forbid we don't get a shot of her in her underwear. God forbid we don't get a shot of that. Yeah, you got to get that in, because the hand rips her... Is it the hand that rips her dress off? Or how does it even get... No, Devin Devin Sawa rips it off. I think trying to save her or something like that. Yep, she probably... She's like, (laughs) you're so funny. Oh my god, are you hitting on me? I remember there was some kind of pool thing, and like it reminded me of uh, they, uh, It Follows. Yeah, Idle Hands definitely does it better than It Follows. <laughs> oh, fuck, no, no. There's like a pit of hell that opens up in the pool, 
and he's gonna throw her off into hell, and that's what they they had spent all his visual effects money on that. That makes so much thing. sense. Yeah, it was fucked up. Wow, because that makes sense too with the the storyline. Because it she's getting dragged to hell. It means nothing in the climax of this movie, where all she is is stuck on <laughs> on the hood of a car. Let's bring this back to editing and just the way this film was made. Why wouldn't you just cut the line where she says, "If we don't get her by midnight, the hand's gonna drag her to hell." Why don't you just say it's gonna? I mean, this whole midnight deadline is just like hey we really got to end this movie soon because well, the prop designer already made the watch zach you gotta have the line <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> the prop designer made the druid watch for another line that wasn't necessarily important at all what i don't understand is she's getting pressed against the pentagram with the lift yep is that because he has to kill her or is it gonna i thought it was gonna be open like, like a portal no, I imagine she'll just die and her soul will go to hell. He could have just stabbed her with his stupid little bony fingers. Oh, I'm sure he could have killed her a number of ways, Jamie. Uh, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot of flaws in this movie, Jamie. That's the thing. Thankfully, Wait, though, what? our heroes, Mick and Penub, find Mighty Joe Bong, which is this giant bong fashioned out of metal and shit in shop class. Check out our Mighty Joe Young episode on, on Spotify <laughs> and, uh, and iTunes. So they, t- <laughs> they take a huge rip. Even Devin Sawa takes one. <laughs> this is the first time Jessica Alba's ever been angry at him. Looks over as he's smoking up, as she's about to die, seconds away from death. He takes a big hit, blows it into the puppet, and somehow that turns the hand high long enough for him to stop the lift from <laughs> killing her. I just don't understand why the... Because <laughs> even the puppet's eyes turn bloodshot oh. like it's high. <laughs> oh, man. Weed saves the day, Brandon. Even a line, oh. yeah, said by Seth Green. They did this gag in a scary movie, right? Where he, like he, the scream guy, Ghostface, gets high and then his eyes change. It's just yeah. funny there. Well, because it's this a human with lungs. so weird. A brain. <laughs> yeah. Well, that too. Like, Let alone the fact that a hand get, can't get high. <laughs> I mean, the puppet changes like, oh, I'm still his eyes like all cross-eyed and like rolling behind. Oh, Anything so for a laugh, man. Here's the thing about this movie, you guys, and I don't know if you caught it, but there's a lot of issues with the logic and just the filmmaking in general. Did you like this part here where it seems everything's good, we're wrapping up here, there's hugs, there's kisses, and then Devin Sawa inexplicably moves underneath the car, and then, is it Penub, I believe, using Mighty Joe Bong accidentally cracks the lever, and the car crushes Devin Sawa, presumably killing it. Oh, Jesus, I was so checked out at this, I don't even remember this happening i was so checked was out this, this your point. walk to the bathroom or walk was this your walk out as you lost wi-fi connection this was <laughs> this was my uh treadmill had 30 seconds left on it and i was looking at it i was looking at the 30 <laughs> second countdown complete your cooldown. yeah exactly yeah well i'll fill you in brother uh he ends up in the hospital he's at a full body cast and he's got the love of his woman molly's by his side she's telling him like oh i can't believe you saved my life and all this and that despite him being the sole purpose of all this i can't believe you blow off heaven to kick it with me (laughs) (laughs) that's the line yeah and uh in a bizarre turn of events a, a real hellish prison if you if you ask me mick and penumb are not allowed into heaven for whatever reason i guess they get sent as his guardian angels they have to fucking watch their friend who murdered them the rest of his life and they're dead oh that's awful the last two lines of the film oh boy yeah because he wakes up and he sees the i'm under the bed thing right written on the ceiling and he thinks oh no the evil isn't dead but no it's a prank by his bros hey do you think we should tell anton we did we put that on his no let's not let's not tell him and then like hey let's go walk through a nurse careful some of them are guys (laughs) 
<laughs> so not only do we, yeah, we ended on uh, <laughs> a joke about assault and homophobia, and that's that's idle hands. <clears throat> How are you feeling, Zach? I feel like this one took a lot out of you. This one took a piece of your soul. Can't stress enough how much I almost called you and said, Brandon, I just don't want to do the episode. I almost turned this movie off. I cannot. I mean, I, I understand absolutely why you're nostalgic about it growing up when you're 16 years old. This is the movie that you're supposed to like when you're 16 years old. Now, I mean, if we're doing the whole nostalgia thing, this movie just doesn't hold up at all. It It is sophomoric in all the worst ways. It reminds me of a script that me and my friends used to write when we were in middle school, high school, and it got made and that, you know, sometimes that works out for filmmakers. It, it's almost like it went through no rewrites. No one gave it any thought. It, it's so hard to comprehend how this movie ended up getting made. Uh, there were a couple decent effects, especially for the time, but again, that's just 25 million dollars down the drain and something that seemed very lazy uh i can't unrecommend this movie enough it's got a 16 <laughs> on rotten tomatoes and uh i'm gonna go ahead and give it a five i think it's the worst Whoa. movie we've, we've ever done on this no podcast. i really i no cannot way. cannot stress enough that if you uh have never seen this movie don't watch it and if you have seen this movie and want to rewatch it be heavily sedated. Holy <laughs> shit! Well, Jamie, you're our guest. Why don't you Why don't you weigh in here before I, <laughs> I share my thoughts? So, uh, I I believe out of all three of us, I love this movie the most. Coming into this watch, rewatching, and I was sorely disappointed. You looked bummed watching this for some parts. <laughs> it, it just as it, I think I was more sad at myself for liking it so much. Like in hindsight, I love this movie. I'd watch it. Often throughout the year, not just Halloween, but at least for three, four years straight, I watched it every year and I enjoyed every time. And then watching it now, I, I really didn't like it. I, I liked some of the things they were trying to do, the horror comedy aspect. I really did like Eldon Hansen and and uh, Seth Green, but those characters are essentially just them fucking around. And I, I like them as people, as an actors. So that was, I guess, a saving grace. But in hindsight, looking back at this, especially how they wrote their female character i felt i felt dirty i felt awful and it wasn't funny at all at least again for a few couple thing laughs i would say it's 16 yeah i'd say stick with it i'd say 16 <laughs> 16 and a five you guys you guys all right sorry for all you idle heads fans out there <laughs> idle heads yeah, idle, you idle, idle heads. heads. Yeah, all you idle most heads out certainly there. are probably Schneider soldiers. Uh, oh, let yeah. Break, let me break it down for <laughs> you. Yeah, for everyone who lives and breathes lo- uh, real Rob. <laughs> Listen on up. No, I again, I do recognize there are so many faults, and more than I would like to admit that there are in this, because you're right. Uh, maybe I didn't love this as much as you, but it was kind of a, a Halloween favorite. And what I will say is it did still get me kind of into that Halloween mood. The school dance is set there. I'm a sucker for movies, for high school movies that kind of end at dances if they're done real well. There's tons mm. of horror movies like this that end in this way. And I will say that some of the gore and some of the, the horror aspects of the movie, I think, work better than the comedy. You're right. A, a lot of this humor doesn't hold up. A lot of it's that really snarky, 90s, cynical, stoner dump. And again, it doesn't really treat <laughs> people who do smoke weed with any sort of respect. And so that if you are a stoner and you want to watch one of those fun movies, this one, while I will say it's not really talking down to you, it's just, 
it makes you feel bad for smoking weed, you know what I mean? I like Jamie, like Seth Green and Eldon Henson. I think that they, even in this, do have some moments that are kind of funny. It is a good time capsule, too, of 1999. This fucking soundtrack, the clothes, I don't know. I, I Yeah, about how fucking terrible 1999 <laughs> was. It does truly also make you feel bad about just existing in this time. Like, oh boy, what a time to be alive. I, I will say it's not definitely not a 16%, man. Okay. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with 35. Maybe no, shut up. for idle hands. <laughs> dude, no, I feel comfortable giving it a 35. It's dude, it's fine. It goes down smooth. It's not an out very, you know, an overly long movie. It's 90 minutes in and out. It's a good comedy. I think if you want to watch with friends, if you're watching for this for the first time, don't bother. It's not going to hold up today. You won't have much fun, I don't think, unless you're really looking for something specifically stoner horror comedy which again small genre but if you do have that nostalgia for it check it out i mean go watch scary movie yeah no scary movies better than this i would say most of the movies i listed off earlier in this episode in terms of horror comedy are better than this maybe not boo abadia halloween (laughs) tucker and dale versus evil cabin in the woods there's there's just a a number of these movies that do it better evil dead honestly like evil dead 2 far better but i don't think this is the worst either man but uh (laughs) I could conceit conceit like a twenty, but forty thirty five. Oh man, that's a, that's a lot. You're gonna say this is worse than Wild Wild West. Yes, Zach. yes, it is worse than Wild. No, Wild West. <laughs> no it's, and and Wild Wild West. I like. I never thought we'd watch a movie worse than Wild Wild West on this podcast. <laughs> I don't hit like at least with Wild Wild West. I finished it, and. <laughs> This movie, I'd, I'm not kidding. I wouldn't have finished if I didn't have anywhere else to go. It Damn. just, it really, to me, is, is that bad. I can't unrecommend this movie enough. Well, hey, thanks for sticking with it. And I'm sure our listeners are glad we covered Idle Hands because, you know, it's spooky. It's fun. As is next week's movie. We'll get into that in just a second. But, Zach, is there anything you're uh, looking to recommend here? Been kind of busy this week. I haven't had a chance to watch a lot. Uh, I'll go ahead and give Big Mouth Season 3 on Netflix right now. It's very good. Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, um, a bunch of their comedy friends. If you haven't seen the first two seasons, it's really, really funny show and a good uh, sort of modern look at what kids go through in puberty and it's uh really just so inappropriate i'm also even though i haven't seen it it drops uh it's midnight where i'm at now so it's supposed to drop on streaming now but tim heidecker's mr america i haven't seen it i'm gonna go ahead and recommend it anyway because (laughs) i love on cinema uh and i'm sure this movie's no different i'm gonna go ahead and give it five bags of popcorn and uh, a little uh, a little gift card so you can go ahead and rent it multiple times. You're going to watch the uh, El Camino one, right? That comes out too. Oh, yeah, that, that just dropped a minute ago too where I'm at. So, uh, yeah, I'll be watching that. I'm, I'm not going to give that a rating yet, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be sweet. Well, Jamie, we know you recommended Idle Hands, but is there any other movies you want to recommend this week? Can you not associate <laughs> me with this, please? Um, yeah, so... I- I mean, movie-wise, I mean, Joker is pretty good. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> I like Joker. See, see Joker, Zach. All right, I'll go see Joker. I'd planned on seeing Joker. It's pretty good. I liked it a lot. Um, Lucy in the Sky, right? We checked that one out, too. Natalie uh, Portman. We also watched Cat's Eye recently. <laughs> and it's not the best movie at all, um, but the cat acting 
It's some of the best cat acting I've ever seen. And I'm not even being uh, uh, facetious here. N yeah, that was like the Daniel Day-Lewis again. But I will recommend a lot of you... <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I, don't I drink your milk. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't pass it Nice, nice. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. My boy! <laughs> uh, I don't think Brandon's seen this yet, but I, I know I'm behind on, on the times. I don't get to watch a lot of TV now. But I w I've been starting to watch Barry season one. Bill Hader is fucking phenomenal. I'm pretty sure I've recommended Barry on this show. It's fucking amazing. I, I know. I you already said Big Mouth. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Righteous Gemstones, too. Check that out. Yeah. Well, good. All right. Well, let's get into next week's movie. Uh, this is one that you had talked. We talked about this early on. We wanted to touch at least one of this guy's movies in his career because he was kind of an important filmmaker for us growing up, at least for me, M. Night Shyamalan. So we're going to cover 2002's Signs. Dude, I've got some, I've got some, well, I was going to say good stories about watching Signs. I've got some stories about watching Signs. I don't think they're good, but... Uh, I'm I'm curious to see how this movie holds up. If you want to watch it, it's streaming on HBO right now. Um, Mel Gibson, so you're gonna have to get past that. Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> and and the third most famous uh, Culkin, Rory Culkin, uh, second only to his brother Macaulay, and now Kieran. Kieran, the most famous Culkin. I'm on record. Whatever. No, I'm on record. Oh, I want to say you can it. have that. Yeah, you Rory, can have that. Or not Rory. Uh, Kieran Culkin is the most famous Culkin right now. Watch <laughs> Succession. Dude, you don't want Macaulay Culkin as an enemy. That's all I'm saying. No, but I don't want uh, Kieran Culkin as an enemy either. Well, we got Joaquin Phoenix coming back too, just talking about Joker. You know, this is Swing Away, Meryl. I'm excited, man. <laughs> I'm excited. And also, one of my favorite scores of the past fucking two decades. I love that score. All right, we'll have to see it. I'm, uh, I'm excited to rewatch it. <sighs> Fingers crossed it holds up. Well, if you, uh, Jamie, before we get into our little plugs, do you have anything you want to plug? I have a blog that I don't really update anymore. <laughs> um, Great plug, Jamie. Good use of the platform. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I thought about this today. I'm like, what the hell am I going to say? Uh, so, guy on a wire on everything social media, YouTube, my website.com, Brazzers. Brazzers, yep. <laughs> uh, you porn. <laughs> and, uh, also, uh, don't have anything else to plug. Watch 911. I, I work on that. Yeah, you work on a television show. Why don't you just plug that, Jamie? Well, I they mean, probably doesn't want to associate that with <laughs> with this buffoonery. It's like the number one Fox show. I don't need to plug it. Oh, oh, oh too oh, big for nostalgia oh be damned. <laughs> 911's too big for nostalgia be oh, It's the biggest show on Fox. Fine. This is coming from the guy whose favorite movie's Idle Hands. <laughs> yeah. What? Jamie Guy. On no, Jamie not. Guy on 2019, my favorite movie's Idle Hands. Watch 911. Get ready for the spinoff Lone Star starting in January. Uh, holy shit, Roblo, dude. Rob Tyler. Jesus Christ. Done. 90s in a bottle. <laughs> the biggest show on Fox is still Simpsons. Anyway, Brandon, True. go ahead. Check out our uh, check us out on Twitter. We're nost at Nostalgia Damned. We know. <laughs> we already know. <laughs> yeah, we know. We get it. You can also find us on Facebook, Nostalgia Be Damned, the actual name of the show. And, uh, yeah, shoot us an email, nostalgiabedampedpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on uh, Podbean, our original hosted site, nbd.podbean.com, and iTunes and a few other little podcasting apps and sites. Yep, please, please, please remember to uh, write us a review, leave us a little comment, what we're doing right, maybe how terrible we are. If you never want to see Jamie on the podcast again, that's fine. Write that in. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, Jamie, for forgot you were there buddy and uh and uh please 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 tell a friend to let them know that we exist and uh the more people that listen the better no joke somebody on facebook recommended you today somebody asked about podcasts to listen to on a long trip and somebody recommended nostalgia be damned so it is spreading yeah his name was devin sawa <laughs> i was gonna say was it you jamie 
<laughs> it was not me. Because oh. I don't like the show. Fair enough. No, no, <laughs> no, no. That's fair. That's completely fair. Well, that this is show the end, is, right? Yeah. This show is kind of bullshit. Thank you for listening. Have a good night or day or Shut year. up and don't watch this movie. Shout, shout.